0: Hello there, Arrow Birth family. I'm Mary, one of Arrow's co-founders, and today I had the lovely opportunity to connect with Dr. Meadlin Charles, an OB-GYN from New York. Dr. Charles has been practicing medicine since 2001 after graduating from Drexel University School of Medicine. She joined the army in 2005 and served as an active duty military physician. She was deployed to Afghanistan in 2007 in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. After returning from overseas, Dr. Charles was appointed chief of the OBGYN department at Irwin Army Community Hospital in Fort Riley, Kansas. She is what I like to call a progressive OBGYN, one that's focused on the whole person and collaborative care. I was really excited to talk with her about the precious postpartum time. We ran into a few bumps in the road technology-wise, so please forgive the few abrupt cuts, but I know you'll get a lot of value from hearing her take on the postpartum time. Enjoy! Today's episode is brought to you by Mother Love. Mother Love offers natural organic herbal breastfeeding supplements, as well as certified organic herbal body care for pregnancy, childbirth, and babies. I know from my own personal experience, the nipple cream saved my life during my early breastfeeding days. You can find Mother Love on all of the social media channels, as well as on their website, www.motherlove.com. Hey, welcome to the Error's Angle podcast. This is Mary here, and I am uh, really excited about a conversation that I'm going to have today with Dr. Meadlin Charles. Uh, she is an OBGYN in New York. And so, hello. Hi, I- how are you? I'm so excited. Thank to be you. Here I am really excited too.
1: I am an OBGYN. I've been in practice for over. 15 years, not including residency. And um, I love my job. I, I really love my job. And I love taking care of women. And uh, the only thing I don't like about it is are the hours because I wish I could tell babies to be delivered between <laughs> nine to five, Monday to Friday. But unfortunately, no, that doesn't it does happen. not.
0: Our human bodies don't follow <laughs> any sort of clock.
1: No, they yeah. don't do that, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's um, great.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, tell me so you've, it sounds like you've um, been in practice for a while. And what made you choose, mm-hmm. you know, to move forward with uh, OBGYN?
1: Uh, I've always wanted to be, a, you know, an OBGYN. I, actually, I wanted, Always Mm to become a physician. Um, My mom said I wanted to become a pediatrician when I was younger. I I don't think so. I always wanted to be Mm -hmm. a PGYN, I think. Uh, I always wanted to deliver babies. Um, I think some people go into the field because they want to do surgery. It's, I think, the only field where you can do surgery uh, because you operate on women. And you can also deliver babies. But it's the OB part that always attracted me. Um, And uh, that's the part that I really fell in love with. And uh, I love it and I take care of women, obviously, it's great. Um, and you take care of two people at the same time. And I think that's the best, the best, the yeah. best part of both worlds. And, um, it's, 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 it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I, I cannot even describe the, you know, the, the joy of being able to be in, in a, in the, the life of, a. Um, to be part of this yeah. joyous occasion when somebody gets to bring a life into the world, you just can't yeah. describe it. You know, it's the only part of medicine where you can actually mm-hmm. give people good news and uh, you know, and you don't have to give them bad news and it's wonderful. And so many times I've delivered babies and I literally Aww. cry yeah. in the room, you know, and um, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful yeah. job. And I love it. Well, yes, your passion
0: definitely comes through. And I think that, um, that makes it mm-hmm. really important, I think as a patient too, to know that your provider is, is on, you know, board with what you want and just supportive and just that, that pure passion. Mm-hmm. I know a couple, uh, I know an will in my, in our area that, that we practice. that's very similar and you can just feel it. It's an energy that they, 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 you know, don't take for granted every birth that they see, you know, it's, it's new and mm-hmm. fresh every time. So I know that your patients really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would love to kind nice. of dive in. I think, you know, what we want to talk about today is really um, the postpartum time and how that mm-hmm. time a lot of times isn't given enough mm-hmm. attention. And I think a, a lot of times we prepare for going through the labor and going through the birth. And then we don't, um, you know, and then mm-hmm. as soon as the baby's here, we sort of transition over to taking care of the baby and what's good for the baby. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. individuals after they've given birth, they, that just that attention is not on them, and um, and there's some really you know important things in this postpartum time. Um, and so, uh, I love how you you have kind of a recommendation, um, you know, to kind of create a, a postpartum plan similar to a birth plan. Um, so I didn't know if you could just kind of elaborate mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. why you know why that's important and what types of things would be on that plan. Right. I
1: mean, I think one of the reasons why I've started to gravitate a little bit about that, because over the years, Uh, What I've noticed is that a lot of, many of my patients have come to the hospital Mm -hmm. with like a birth plan and, you know, they, they get the templates online uh, and it's usually like, you know, they, they just kind of like check it. They don't really discuss something with their providers and they come in on labor and delivery, Mm -hmm. like a 15 page something. And, and they, you know, they don't realize sometimes you can really, um, you know, plan everything that's going to happen at labor and delivery. And then they get the baby home. But they have no mm-hmm. idea what to do, um, and and they think everything is gonna be hunky dory, and they get hit with, you know, the postpartum period, and they go home, and nobody, they their bodies mm-hmm. have changed. Um, everybody you know that was asking for everything that was going on with them oh look how beautiful you are how Mm -hmm. is the baby and they don't really ask them how they are doing it's all about the baby now not Mm -hmm. about the mom and it's so and they have no idea especially if it's the first time and sometimes too for even moms who've had babies in the past everything is different that's one of the things that Mm -hmm. I talk to my patients about you know never underestimate that just because Mm you had like one child before every pregnancy is, def- is different every um delivery is different just like every um you know uh, child has a different personality every pregnancy has a quote-unquote different mm-hmm. personality um so a lot of times I want to make sure like they know how to get ready for that postpartum period that they're going to go home two so that they know exactly a little bit of exactly Mm -hmm. what to expect you know so that you know and a lot of times what I find is that my patients keep asking the same questions over and over and over again and I want them to kind of like Mm -hmm. be a little bit of prepared you know so you know so that they don't know what to do because even me as an OBGYN I mean I'm you know, I, I thought I knew what to get ready for. I mean, the part of the pregnancy a little bit, although mine was very harrowing Mm -hmm. to begin with, I still didn't know what to do. I I came home, I went home with like two babies and um, I, it was still very hard for me to deal with because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, So you have twins, right? You have twins. So
0: you came home with like double, you know, like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) So yeah, I can only imagine what types of you know, items are you, would you be recommending people to put on like a postpartum plan and who would they share that with? So basically what
1: I would want them to do normally is to basically have a couple of things. One is sometimes people will have like, for example, like Mm the wipe warmer, for example, like, Who wants to basically spend Mm -hmm. tons of money on wipe warmers? Like a lot of times I bought the wipe warmer, but Mm -hmm. I really didn't use it. But here, the stuff that people really need, for example, the supplies that they will need is like Motrin and Taladol, Mm -hmm. like pain control, you know, Uh, you definitely need that because they will be, sometimes they'll have lacerations, Mm -hmm. for example, Um, they'll have tears, some um, hospitals, they will basically tend to give you something um, over the counter pain medication, but sometimes mm-hmm. you may not necessarily have it. You will need to actually buy them. You may end up having constipation because your body physiology will not go mm-hmm. back to normal for a while, but you will definitely won't need to strain and you want to actually be able to um, you know, make sure that your, bow, your bowel movements are loose. So you want to basically make sure that you have like a stool softener at home, If especially if you're anemic and you will be taking like, uh, you know, some kind of like uh, iron, you definitely mm-hmm. want to have a stool softener. Like, Comfortable underwear, please, especially if you've had like a C-section or something like that. Yes, Comfortable underwear that is not going to rub over your C-section scar. People don't realize that. You don't need to have sexy underwear at home. Trust me, you need comfortable underwear. Um, Lanolin Mm -hmm. cream, you know. Um, you definitely need to have those because you're going to have some pain and discomfort, especially if you're planning Mm -hmm. on bottle feeding, you definitely need to have those. If you're planning also on bottle um, breastfeeding, for example, you definitely need to have like Mm -hmm. a bobby pillow or any kind of like um, breastfeeding uh, pillow that will basically help you kind of like get the right position so that you can get a good latch and that will decrease your you know, your breast tenderness and nipple uh, cracks that you may end up having um, Mm -hmm. at the end. And also peri pads. I also have like a good um, uh, formula and a recipe for peri pads or padsicles that I call them. Some of my patients, I've had to give them the recipe for them so that they actually bring them in the hospital with them, you know, and they have their peri pads. And if you have seen someone that you know, that's a good gift to give them. (laughs) <laughs> give them, make the padsicles for them before they yep. actually go to the hospital. Uh-huh. That's a great have suggestion. With the yeah. At patients, they get so yeah. swollen, um, you know, from pushing and some patients not, you know, it's unbelievable. And it, it hurts so much having those pads that are swollen, ready that you can get from the freezer and you just put down there. It makes... So much of a difference. And, and I've had patients who are willing and able to just give them just as a gift for their own friends who are pregnant. You know, it's amazing. And you can make like loads of them and get them ready just before you go into labor. It's like a a great gift, you know, to give you know, That's so it's amazing. Idea. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. Then, mm-hmm. And then exactly. I'm trying to think if there's any other things that I usually talk with clients about that might be good to add on this plan would be um, thinking, thinking yeah. about um, just your, if you have any sort of laceration, mm-hmm. like the healing process for that, um, what do you recommend? Like, you know, it mm-hmm. is pretty common for especially first time moms to have some sort of tear uh, perineal tear, you know, what, what kind of prep do you mm-hmm. need in anticipation of that um
1: usually i tell the patients a lot of patients ask if they should do some kind of like perineal massage before they actually go into labor mm-hmm. into labor themselves but you know i tell i know if there's midwives and their doctors are very good i usually don't tell the patients that they need to do anything mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. when they're pregnant to actually get around your belly to do anything mm-hmm. i tell them not to do anything um because as they're pushing that's my job. Mm -hmm. I actually do that, you know? Um, So I usually use um, uh, Mm -hmm. coconut oil, um, you know, in the Mm -hmm. room. (laughs) So if the patients want to bring their own, it's totally fine, but we actually have it on labor and delivery. It's a very good lubrication. I think that's actually one of my favorite things. I think it's great for like, um, vaginal dryness post-delivery anyway. Oh my gosh, it's the best thing. That's awesome. That that would be a different episode. A a little Um. bit different than Johnson's
0: uh, baby, you know, shampoo, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right
1: exactly but that's actually a very good loop we can ask the patients cuz sometimes you can use the surgery loops to actually um uh, help lubricate um, the va- the vagina as the baby literally like the baby just mm-hmm. slides right out, and I basically massage the perineum um, as the, the patient is pushing, and I actually do a perineal massage as well too as the baby is coming out i don 't tend to do an episiotomy; I can count on one hand how many times i 've had to do a episiotomy um, for my patients because they tend to tear natural because a lot of times. Uh, you you think the patient's going to tear but they don't or if they do tear it's not as Mm -hmm. bad as you think and a lot of times the baby can stretch as long as the baby's coming out and there's no um how do you call it uh you know any uh Tracing issues, or the baby um the baby's not into stress, you can actually kind of like mm-hmm. wait as the baby kind of like comes down and stretches out, so you can actually do the massage. the patient doesn't have to do mm-hmm. anything at home mm-hmm. themselves you can actually do it during the delivery yeah so that's
0: that's a really mm-hmm. great point um and I, and you're right, it's amazing mm-hmm. how just the tissue can stretch so far and then it you know it can um mm-hmm. sometimes it can you know retain and actually not tear um but but when you're in a post when you're right in recovery at home and you do, let's say you do have a laceration mm-hmm. Are do you recommend any sort of mm-hmm. like honey or any sort of, you know, healing ointment or you, do you just leave everything off and kind of let it heal on its own?
1: Usually um, the only thing I usually tell the patients to use, um, they can have, we send them home with some like dibucin mm-hmm. ointment, um, you know, from labor and delivery. I think usually that tends to be mm-hmm. just enough. Um, and then mm-hmm. the peri bottles. And I think I talked about that, didn't I? Yeah. I was on mm-hmm. my list as well. Um, because what happens sometimes is that if they have... As the patient is urinating, um, you have a very acidic urine that can actually burns and mm-hmm. sting a little bit. And then what you do is the acidic urine will actually kind of like you know burns the area if they have stitches or lacerations. So what you do is you have to use that peribottle because then it kind of like dilutes mm-hmm. the urine as you pee, um, and that would be enough. But the diabulc ointment is one of the things that you okay. definitely want to use. You know, get some from labor and delivery, and that should be enough. You don't really need anything else because again the vagina is a very forgiving mm-hmm. place um i have to tell you you really don't need to do anything else um like i said just just use that okay and you should be and the,
0: and the peri bottle that. yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know sometimes people don't know that that you use you know you'll get that at at labor and delivery so you don't you can buy one at home but yeah you, you know you don't maybe if you have two bathrooms mm-hmm. and you want to keep it stocked you could do that but you'll get that you'll get uh mm-hmm. from from labor and delivery that you'll you get yeah. one from labor and yeah. delivery before How about, you go. Um, yeah, six six baths exactly. Or mm-hmm. any sort of like water you mm-hmm. know, on, on the perineum after delivery. You mm-hmm. don't need to do that. Okay. You don't. You
1: really don't need to do that. It's funny because, um, you know, I'm mm-hmm. Haitian. So um, I think there's like some old midwife sales, Um, I think, you know, that, you know, certain cultures will basically have you do and do mm-hmm. sit best at home because it will be helpful. You do not need to do okay. any of that stuff. No. You don't need to, yeah. Okay, do not need all right. To do that. What if somebody mm-hmm.
0: did want to go like in, make a bath, like run a bath and sit in just for comfort? Is it like, can they, it's it's okay to be in water after delivery, like when you're healing or do would you say hold off?
1: I would say to hold off again, because a lot of times um, I would take normally, I would tell patients to normally mm-hmm. take a shower initially because a lot of times you have like bats may tend to mm-hmm. have bacteria and I wouldn't want to have bacteria basically get up there and tend to basically get mm-hmm. an infection. Um, so initially I would not tell people to start doing sits back there initially, not unless you had some kind of like, I would, again, yes. not initially, I would only do tell patients to do sits back. Let's say for example, they had like some kind of like an abscess or something like that. that I would want to basically kind of like um, get an abscess mm-hmm. to drain initially. You don't have that type of, of like, um, Uh, a wound or anything like that. So no, for postpartum Um, delivery, I would not tell people to do like a sit spats to actually help you heal or anything like that. So no. And
0: talk (laughs) about, um, a little bit, if you don't mind, like what, how much, how much, um, Mm -hmm. exercise, how much recovery should, should someone who's just given birth, you know, what should they do when they're coming home? Are they supposed to be in bed? Are they supposed to be up and about? I mean, what, what, what do you recommend in terms of just so the expectation of how, you know, how active am I going to be when I get home? No bed, no bed no bad at all. No bad. Um, what
1: happens is your body physiology is, it doesn't go back to normal for at least a good mm-hmm. six weeks. Okay. Which means when you're pregnant, you are at increased risk for forming blood mm-hmm. clots. Okay. Um, so therefore we don't want you to be lying in bed and therefore not get any circulation in your lower extremities, et cetera. So we don't want you to be in bed. We want you to basically be emulating, mm-hmm. um, because the sooner you start moving about and, 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 um, and, 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 and really like eating and moving around with your baby, the faster it is. This is not the time obviously to basically, to start getting into an exercise regimen to quote unquote, lose mm-hmm. the baby weight. Again, the snapback phenomenon mm-hmm. is crazy. And women seem to think like they need to basically go back to their pre-baby body like right away especially since you if you look at all the social media accounts of all the celebrities who go back to normal within two weeks
0: it's crazy I actually saw Carrie Carrie posted like a wonderful postpartum picture today or yesterday one of the days and she, it's just classic you know just like a beautiful postpartum belly Mm. pumping bra on you know like (laughs) just like a true I can't I seriously cannot this was was like the reality of postpartum this was not like (sighs) a I'm skinny again and it mm-hmm. was like, this is this is postpartum, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what it looks like. And it was it was yeah. refreshing to see like a celebrity actually bring to light mm-hmm. like normal postpartum mm-hmm. recovery, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, good, because you know what? That's it what it looks like. I mean, you literally walk out of the hospital, these women yes. still have a belly. Yeah. You know, it's you know, because your the progesterone is still there, which means everything yes. is relaxed. Your body still looks like you're still yes. nine months pregnant and that's normal, you know, and, you know, and I wish every woman would know that, you know, so that they don't expect that, you know? Um, so we, we don't want you to do that, especially for C-section patients who are still recovering from major surgery. Again, ladies, it's major surgery. Okay. Um, and what I usually tell patients i listen to your body definitely not lying Mm -hmm. in bed it's even for the c-sections patients you do not want to do that um people also also ask if they should go up and down the stairs obviously you can, you don't have to basically be lying on the one floor of your house. You can go up and down the stairs. You don't have to basically be doing mm-hmm. a marathon, obviously, uh, but you can move about, you can do things. You can go take a walk, take a 15 minute walk today, a 30 minute walk the next day, see how you feel. Um, but um, you can kind of like do, when I say cardio, meaning like, that's what I'm talking about doing a, you know, walking mm-hmm. around or something like that. Move about cook. I think somebody told a patient today, she didn't uh, like, uh, somebody told a patient of mine yesterday that she didn't expect her to cook or clean for six mm-hmm. to eight weeks. And I kept thinking, mm-hmm. what, seriously? So no, that's not what we mean. Just take it easy, listen to your body, but definitely mm-hmm. not lying in bed. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is not it what It sounds like for sure. you want to be able mm-hmm.
0: to move enough that you can increase your circulation, but not do your normal, you know, probably pre mm-hmm. pre delivery you might have been you know running to drop off you know i don't know a post office go to the post office and then run to the grocery store like those activities are not going to be right you're not going to be doing that but you're going to you know you will be moving about in your house in a you know moderate ways and maybe like I said a walk um i i oftentimes like to talk Mm -hmm. about like you're using your blood um you know just your bleeding as like a good guide Mm -hmm. i've sometimes you know you might be a weekend and Mm -hmm. you kind of tapered off bleeding and then all of a sudden you you walk a little mm-hmm. bit more and your body kind of starts to bleed again, you know, and you can kind of use that as a really good gauge to, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much activity right. you, you right. should be engaging in because you know you want to do some for sure, like you said, and then kind of just um, mm-hmm. but but, but mm-hmm. still listening. So I really like that. Appreciate that that listening to your body. Right,
1: right. And the amount of bleeding that patients should, I I usually tell them to expect um the the most amount of bleeding that patients should expect usually would be the first few mm-hmm. days. It will basically be very very red in the first um five days or so and then um it's what we call very red and then it will basically be pinkish, and then after that it will become whitish. Uh, and then we um, after that it will be whitish yellow up until about Mm -hmm. six weeks or Mm -hmm. so okay but about 10 to 14 days after patients have uh, after they've delivered they might end up like the bleeding that was become like the Mm -hmm. end of your period or basically non-existent might become a little bit heavier, um, ten to fourteen days after your delivery might become a little bit heavier with some blood clots and it's usually the scar, of the placenta mm-hmm. that's shedding, and invariably somebody will remember, oh, I went to the grocery store, some kid pushed uh. a cart into my belly, or. Or it's because I I was holding onto the dog and we were running around and they were always worried, but it's usually the scar of the placenta. And as long as you know somebody's not soaking a pad mm-hmm. per hour for over two hours, yeah, they should be fine. Yeah, you so, know, they should be fine. I, I
0: like how you said that. So. Um, Yeah. Talk to me a little bit. I mean, I I just, from my own experience, I remember leaving the hospital and Mm -hmm. kind of being like, I think Mm -hmm. they went over what I should be looking out for, like as in the red flags, but I'm not, you know, I didn't really pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so I was a little worried about that in postpartum and had to go home and look it up. So tell me a little bit about what, what should, you know, what are the red flags that someone should be really paying attention to? Okay
1: you know smelly um mm-hmm. discharge um it might be a symptoms of like infection of the mm-hmm. of the uterus and associated with fever as well definitely you know give your doctor or your midwife a call as well too because that could be a symptoms of infection okay. of the yeah. uterus okay um let's say for example if you end up having Um, you know, Mm -hmm. swelling of the legs. Um, uh, So many patients, they go in, at the end of the pregnancy, so many patients will have like swelling of their lower legs as well too. And you'll go home and your legs will even be more swollen. It's because at the end of the pregnancy, all this fluid that was going into your uterus to help feed the baby with nutrition is now has nowhere to go because all those vessels are clamped. So it goes to the point of least resistance, which is your legs. That's the reason why. Yeah. So now your legs are become like, you know, what I call it elephant. elephant Yeah. (laughs) Mine were like that. So you think you're never going to fit into your shoes again. Um, yeah, so that's totally normal. Again, remember your body physiology doesn't go back to normal for at least Mm -hmm. a good six weeks. It won't take you that long for the swelling to go away, but it might take a few Mm -hmm. days or so. Um, but if what happens, you are noticing that one leg is more swollen Mm -hmm. than the other. Okay, that's the difference. Both of your legs should be exactly the same size. But if one leg is more swollen than the other, or you're having pain behind your calves, okay, that could be a symptom that you're having your blood clot uh, in your legs, Mm -hmm. okay, and that is one of the reasons why you should definitely go and talk to your doctor or your midwife. Yes, blood clot Mm -hmm. in your legs. I talked about um, blood clot in your legs. I talked also about breast infections. I talked about infections of the uterus. I talked about, um, uh, uh, what else did I talk about? Now I'm going to talk about preeclampsia because a lot of times if patients had preeclampsia, now sometimes preeclampsia, you know, patients were induced because they had preeclampsia or taxemia as everybody talks about, but sometimes patients may not actually have it. If they have had it before they deliver and then they were given magnesium, uh, sulfate, they may, they may still have high blood pressures after the deliver, deliver, but every once in a while, some patients may actually have preeclampsia or taxemia after mm-hmm. the deliver. There's a small subset of patients who may never have had symptoms before the deliver. They may get it mm-hmm. afterwards. Okay. So it's a small subset of patients. So what you want to do is they may end up having headaches that do not go away. Um, and then they'll also have like severe nausea. They'll have like blurred vision, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and if you take, you know, Motrin or Tylenol for the headaches, it doesn't go away or anything like that. If you happen to take a blood pressure medication, it doesn't go away. Those types of patients, they need to come, or let's say, for example, you had high blood pressure before during the pregnancy and you having those types of symptoms, you need to come and definitely or call your doctor as well too, because that could be symptoms of weak cancer and you may need to be mm-hmm. treated again okay, with magnesium after you deliver. And that's, you know, very dangerous as well too. Um, And sometimes you may even need to basically be um, admitted or given, you know, a high blood pressure medication after Mm -hmm. you deliver for like, you know, 24 hours afterwards, which is very Mm -hmm. important. Um, Let's see. And also to what I tell patients, postpartum blues, you know, because that's another thing. Um, And that one, people somehow, they never seem to think like that's something you know, because somewhere where it might be a little bit easier to talk about the quote unquote, the medical problems where it might be easier. But for some reason, people don't feel like that the postpartum blues and the postpartum depression is mm-hmm. a problem that is a medical issue they don't want to talk to people mm-hmm. about it you know the post what's the, the difference between the postpartum blues and the postpartum depression yeah. is the time frame the postpartum blues usually will occur within mm-hmm. the first and two that's weeks. okay so it's pretty normal right to have and a, it, yeah it's pretty normal it's pretty normal Um, you know, a lot of times you may not feel like you're bonding Mm -hmm. with the baby. Your hormones are all out of whack and you're crying all the time, but it usually doesn't interfere with your ability to take care of yourself or to take Mm -hmm. care of your baby. And it usually goes away after, Mm -hmm. after two weeks. But if you're still having symptoms beyond two weeks, the first two weeks, and you're crying all the time, you're very depressed. You're getting out of, you're not able to get out of bed. You can't really take care of your baby. And your symptoms are not going away after the first two weeks, you definitely need Mm -hmm. to ask for help, you know, um, and you should not be afraid. And what they, you know, we women need to know is that it's, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one Mm -hmm. suffering from this, you know, and we need to kind of break the stigma and, and talk about it with, you know, with, other moms with our family with our doctor etc which is the other thing that i usually stress when i talk to patients yeah. um is is not only do we need to have all those supplies as well too is we need to have uh, the, the lactation consultant mm. on hold we need to know who our pediatrician is who our OBGYN is who our therapist is uh, so that if we need help during the postpartum period we need to know who yeah. to call um, so that we can ask for help because a lot of times yeah. they don't know that they can ask for help. You know, it's very, very, very important so that they don't feel isolated yeah. because this is a huge problem in so many communities. Yeah. And that,
0: that's really, you know, it's very it, sad. it is. And I think that's part of, the, I mean, that is definitely part of the reason we created Arrow and have this network of professionals so that people can reach out and kind of ask their questions. And, you know, I, I'm struggling with this and and people can get referrals. So usually, like I said, the bleeding, um,
1: you know, like I said, for the first few days, four, five days or so, it will mm-hmm. be pretty red. And then after that, it will become um, yellowish uh, for, you know, for about like, 10 to 14 days or so. And then after that, it will become like whitish, like mm-hmm. whitish yellow at the end. You know, most people for about mm-hmm. five to six weeks, about 15% of patients will continue on having some kind of like, you know, what we call mm-hmm. lochia or discharge, you know, beyond six weeks, but most people will stop, you know, having some kind of like discharge after six weeks or so. But again if you noticing about 10 to 40, 14 days, which is about the average time is when they'll notice like all of a sudden the bleeding will basically be a little mm-hmm. bit heavier again. Um, and as long as it's not more than one part per hour, four over two okay. hours, they should be fine. Um, also too, if the patient's having um, mm-hmm. fever, um, okay, some is when patients are breastfeeding, they might have a low grade temperature if they're very engorged, mm-hmm. um, meaning like 100.4, 100.2, or something like that. If they're very engorged and they're not really, um, you know, uh, you know, breastfeeding the baby, um, or anything like that. But if you're having temperatures that persistent, um, and it's definitely greater than 101 and it's associated with chills, and your breasts are very red and warm um, and you have like redness, it could be a symptoms mm-hmm. of breast infections. So you definitely mm-hmm. need to call your doctor, uh, or your midwife. Um, and also to, uh, I tell patients, if you also have like, uh, you know, when you also breastfeeding, what happens, you also releasing your pitocin, your mm-hmm. endogenous pitocin, which is the feel good hormone. Um, and patients who've had, um, or women who've had babies in the past, uh, it tends to be a lot worse after they've had a couple of babies, and, you know, after a really good battle of breastfeeding, they might even be in a, you know, a mm, fetal mm-hmm. position, because it hurts so much, because it helps your uterus go back yeah. to normal size within the first couple of weeks. So please use some motion for that. But let's say, for example, you've had that you've taken some motion or Tylenol, it doesn't go away.
0: One thing I think that people don't know, too, is that they can you know, make another appointment prior to that six week visit. That's one thing we talk about. It's even though that's your, your six week visit doesn't mean you have to wait six weeks and definitely if you have something that's coming to come up, it's like call, call. Yeah. And we're not told that. I think we're kind of assumed. Okay. Six. We'll see you. We'll see you mm -hmm, in six weeks, mm -hmm. but the conversation I think should be, we'll see you in six weeks, but reach out, Mm -hmm. you know, if, X, Y, and Z, or if you need Mm -hmm. additional support or, um, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, how do you have any recommendations for, you know, I guess healing when you, when you talk about kind of, it's, it's a big, you know, it's a life change we go through. It's this big kind of stage in life where we've had the baby and we have a brand new normal and there's this big adjustment Mm -hmm. to, taking care of a baby all the time and, you know, watching out for your recovery. And, um, and just kind of, as we move through that stage, you know, as an OBGYN, what are you, you know, what's your kind of best advice for, (laughs) for uh, women or for people that are going through this time and um, in terms of healing, just not only coming through the, the birth and healing that, but just kind of accepting this new part of life. (sighs) <sighs> that's a very good question it's a think. good it's it's a it's a loaded one right
1: <laughs> no I mean th- this yeah I I have to and the good thing is is that ACOG or the American um College of and Gynecologists has said that they're willing to you know I think what has happened with multiple private um practices is that they're not getting oh, paid for Interesting. It, and the insurance is not paying for it that is the problem um but i think they're working with insurance companies in order to try to get paid for it mm. etc but um but they're willing now to actually see that so many women need help so that they you know to to get at least like a two to three week visit in between and then a five-week yeah. visit um which is amazing but um what i've found is that the um what we do in our practice um thank god is that we get our patients in for at least a two to three week visit, you know, if if they have like some high risk factors, so our patients who have a history of having postpartum depression, yes. post you know postpartum, um, you know postpartum hemorrhage in the past, patients who have like preeclampsia, patients who have other issues who have high blood pressure, etc., they come in earlier. But I still feel like we don't do it a hundred percent for all yeah. of our patients, you know, which I think is still there's still a gap in care yeah. right now I agree you know, for, I agree for so and many, especially when you, know? you look at our that,
0: you know maternal mortality rates in the mm-hmm. states and that you were that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is large mm-hmm. and and you look at other countries that are doing much more intensive postpartum care with lower rates and you wonder if there's a mm-hmm. correlation with more care in the postpartum time to mean mm-hmm. you know less mm-hmm. less negative outcomes so I I Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on that. And I think we're not told, you know, as women and as people that have just had babies that we should really not take no for an answer. If your intuition tells you something, oftentimes, you know, if something's off in your body and you might call the nurse's line and, oh, it sounds pretty normal, you know, or, but you don't necessarily have to just take that mm-hmm. one risk. You know, you could say, well, please just schedule an appointment. I want to come in, you know, just kind of, you, to, to go ahead and go right. with that intuition feeling if you have it. If, you know, the answer you're getting is not quite reassuring or you still feel like you want to be seen that you can do that. Support.
1: You know, I I know it's probably not what you were thinking I was going to say. I mean, but mostly Mm -hmm. support. Support. Support meaning um, you cannot do this Mm -hmm. alone. That is it. You cannot do this alone. Um, We have been, I think, sometimes women new moms women in general we think that we can do everything um Mm -hmm. by ourselves you know and and we are afraid to Mm -hmm. ask for help yeah you know we cannot
0: be afraid to ask for help that's really really good to hear yeah it's very true and yeah and especially if you know some let's say you've waited longer and you're successful in your career and you feel very empowered yes. and this sort of puts you in a place of yes. um, really right. needing somebody. Right. And, and sometimes that can be hard, you know, to go through yes. that, uh, just yes. that, that you do need, you know, to accept the support, let alone find it. I think that was um, why we really yes. created error was that the really, that it's, it wasn't easy to find. It wasn't easy to find now now you can find some groups on mm-hmm, Facebook mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe some local moms groups. But, yes. Um, yes. But even then the yes, moms group's one thing, because sometimes that can be its own stressful t- mm-hmm. thing too, but finding professionals right. that you could, t- right. could reach out to and all of that network is, um, is slowly, I think in our, in the next couple of years, just becoming a more of a priority, yeah. which is great.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that I, t- that I say it's important also to for the postpartum plan. So not only do you have to have like a, Personal support system meaning your partner, your mother, your friend, people who can give mm-hmm. you a break. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you need help, like let's say for example you need to take a nap. Who's gonna be washing the dishes? Who's gonna come in and 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 give you a break so that you can actually mm-hmm. get your nails done? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, who so that you can actually um do something else so that you know you feel Mm -hmm. like you can breathe you cannot be watching the baby 24 7. um i just wrote about sleep Mm. deprivation do you know that you lose like 44 days Mm. of sleep for example (laughs) wow like in the first five Uh, months in the first five uh, months of your baby's birth that's crazy that is crazy do you understand what i'm saying but again, like I said, you also need to, you know, know your professional support as well, too. And you also need to know that, you know, you can also you're not alone. You can ask for yeah. your friend's help. You know, so the only way I again, I again, you mentioned a little bit and you know, that I'm a mom of twins, but I'm also a single mm-hmm. mom by choice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I didn't mm-hmm. have a partner. So my mother and my mm-hmm. sister helped mm-hmm. me. So I came in with like two babies, actually one was mm-hmm. in the NICU still for a week. So I bought one baby home and then I had another baby still in the NICU, but literally my mother and my sister were mm-hmm. my support system. Mm-hmm. Thank God for them that I didn't have postpartum yeah. depression. And it's because of that support. So that's how come I've realized that make sure I literally sit my patients down and I tell them, you need to have these people in your corner in order to be able to go Mm -hmm. through this. Don't think that it's, you can't do this alone, you know? And I see the difference in the patients that literally follow, you know, the guidelines or that, you know, what I tell them exactly what they need and the ones who come in literally like, and they look like all disheveled, like you know completely undone when they all doing Mm -hmm. it by themselves it's such a big difference and that's what i want to make sure that patients know and women and new moms know that you need the help it's really very important it will make a difference in how you survive postpartum seriously and education and you need a little bit of help and if you don't know go to find the right support i know exactly what you guys are doing Mm -hmm. with albert Mm -hmm. and it's amazing because also knowing what to watch out for you know will make a huge difference because so many moms don't mm-hmm. know what to watch out for knowing that hey if i have this kind of symptoms means something you know i will Yeah make a it huge absolutely difference in can and yes. and it can
0: it can change outcomes you know that's knowledge is is can do that mm-hmm. so yeah that is great and mm-hmm. i think also mm-hmm. and an, i remember um wanting to go out in normal, in the normal world. Now, now in the COVID time, is unfortunately, you know, going to the mall is not quite a thing anymore right now. But, um, but I remember mm-hmm. just wanting to go to the mall and watch people walk around and see, okay, this family got out of this postpartum time, you know, like they, that they, you know, you just see normal mm-hmm. life and you realize, okay, this is a frame This is, you know, this is what it is. And I'm going to be able to, you know, get better at at managing breastfeeding. I'm going to get better at doing, you know, talking on the phone and breastfeeding, right? At first, it's like, I can only breastfeed at one time, maybe, and then maybe you might be able to chat on the phone and breastfeed at the same time. And then you might be able, you know, two months, three months mm-hmm. down the road to walk around and hold your baby and walk mm-hmm. into the kitchen while you're breastfeeding, you know, it's, you, you slowly mm-hmm. get better at doing it. And so, and, and just being able mm-hmm. to see that normal mm-hmm. life again in COVID time, I don't think going to the mall is a good option, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, but, you know, it's maybe not. That's TV <laughs> Or just kind of, uh, you know, putting on a show or just kind of seeing even just out your window, seeing people walk around and, and, um, and be normal, I think is a helpful thing, but Um, but I've Mm -hmm. really appreciated sitting down and talking with you. I think that, um, you've like, your voice is really important in this. Um, just hearing, you know, from an OBGYN, it's just powerful to, to hear, you know, it's not just, it's, it's the whole picture. And I think that's what you're offering, um, patients is that whole picture and that whole collaborative kind of whole care, if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm just Mm -hmm. so grateful for that. And, um, so can you tell the viewers? Thank you so much for having me. can you tell the viewers where they can Mm -hmm. find you? I would, you have a lovely Instagram page. So I would definitely encourage you to go there for viewers to go there and to, you know, follow Dr. Charles and and her uh, mission. But is there anywhere else that you would like them to go?
1: Yes, I am um, actually working on my website this week. It will be your postpartum, www.yourpostpartumjourney.com. And, um, and it will be in the work Wonderful. in the next couple of weeks. And uh, please, and you'll get some great information there as well. But for now, you can find me at my, my Instagram handle, which is at uh, Midland charles. Uh, Because I'm the only Medlen Charles (laughs) in the world, I think. (laughs) You just have to spell it. (laughs) You just have to spell it properly, which is M-E-E-D-L-E-N Charles. Charles is very easy. Oh, wonderful!
0: Well, thank you again Mm -hmm. so much. Thank you so much for having
1: me. And by the way, you guys are doing great work. Um, You know, and uh, please say hi to Tara um, from a fellow mom. Yes, mom of twins. Yes, she was very excited. Yes,
0: she was excited (laughs) to hear that. So, thanks so much. Okay.